My name is Sarah Schmidt. I am a clinical oncology pharmacist at Stevenson Cancer Center at the University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. So this is a CIBMTR registry-based study, the Center for International Blood and Marrow Transplant Research Database. So this includes, you know, the collaboration of over 400 transplant centers worldwide, including the United States. So this is a retrospective registry-based study. However, our study is the largest study to date, including 215 patients in this patient population which is CML patients who have relapsed, and all of those patients did receive a TKI prior to relapse, prior to going to transplant. They underwent transplant from an allogeneic donor and then relapsed following transplant. So this is a population where we don't know exactly how to treat them once they do relapse. So we thought this was an important question to query the CIBMTR database to determine if we could find the best treatment modality for these patients if they do relapse. We looked at three different groups. We divided patients at the time of relapse after transplant into patients receiving a TKI without a DLI. They could have potentially received other treatments. Another group would be a TKI in combination with the DLI, which was our combination arm. And then the third group is DLI without TKI, which we labeled a primary DLI arm. So they only received a DLI without a TKI, although they could have received other treatments as well. Having those three groups in mind, we then queried the database, looked at different variables to determine what the differences are in these groups, and then we we did a Cox proportional hazard model to do a multivariate analysis to compare differences in overall survival for these three treatment groups. One important thing to note for this analysis was we started 30 days after relapse, because the median time in patients that did receive a DLI after they relapsed was about 30 days. So with that in mind, we were able to make sure that we didn't have any bias in that regard for patients that might have died before being able to get a DLI. So we identified 215 patients in this group of patients. So again, this is the largest study to date in this patient population. We queried the database between the years of 2002 and 2014 to make sure that this was during the TKI era. And so with that, we included 48 patients in the combination arm, 128 patients in the primary TKI arm, and then 39 patients in the primary DLI arm. We had a good completeness to follow-up, which uh, was 94% at three years in these groups. The median follow-up of survivors 30 days post-transplant relapse was 58 months in the combination arm, 64 months in the primary TKI arm, and 46 months in the primary DLI arm. We did find that chronic phase disease status was more prevalent in patients that received primary DLI arm, just kind of interestingly enough. We found that the median time from transplant to relapse was longer in the primary TKI arm at eight months compared to six months in the combination arm and four months in the primary DLI arm. We did find that fewer patients that received maintenance therapy did receive DLI as a part of their salvage treatment. So moving on to the multivariate analysis, not surprisingly, we found you know, the biggest impact on overall survival was disease status prior to transplant. So patients in blast phase had a lower survival than patients going in at chronic phase. So our hazard ratio of patients in chronic phase going into transplant compared to blast phase had a hazard ratio of 5.51. And then in patients that went in in a CP2 or higher had a hazard ratio of 2.64 compared to chronic phase one. 
we found that patients that received a primary DLI compared to primary TKI did have inferior survival hazard ratio of 2.15, and this was statistically significant. And we found that patients that received a primary TKI had similar survival compared to the combination therapy. So with knowing those results, our conclusion was that a DLI didn't necessarily add to anything and that TKI was the primary modality that increased survival in these patient arms. Interestingly enough, you know, one of the questions with DLI is if patients have had graft-versus-host disease after transplant, we found that the presence of acute GVHD prior to the landmark analysis was not significantly associated with post-relapse survival, so it really didn't affect our model at all. We also found the adjusted survival at two years. The combination arm had an overall survival of 65%. The primary TK arm had an overall survival of 59%, and these two were not significantly different. But what was significantly different was the overall survival of 41% in the primary DLI arm. So that was significantly lower than the other two arms. What this means for how we're going to implement this in clinical practice, I think that this study really shows that the most important treatment modality after patients relapse from transplant, if, if you have CML, would be to include a TKI as a part of their relapse strategy, if possible. I did get to mention earlier some other key points that we did find patients that did relapse after transplant and they did not receive post-transplant maintenance with a TKI did have inferior post-relapse survival with a hazard ratio of two. So compared to those patients that did receive maintenance. So this does support that even despite use of TKI pre-transplant and in maintenance therapy, that TKI salvage therapy does continue to provide significant survival following relapse in CML patients following transplant.